The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. sort out some technical issues why don't you turn to Acts chapter 10 for us please Acts chapter 10 our reading today will be from verse 30 through to verse 48 of Acts chapter 10 I trust that as we go through this this morning you'll see some similarities to what we've already seen in Acts 9 and Acts 8 where Philip meets with the Ethiopian eunuch and where Ananias meets with Saul. The Lord is at work sending out the message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Acts chapter 10 and verse 30. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. And Cornelius said, Four days ago about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your arms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa, and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent you at once. And you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is laudable. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witness of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on, the tr- on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. 
interview, the tell-all interview that Harry and Megan did with Oprah was seen by 60, more than 60 million people worldwide. We're fascinated with what goes on behind the scenes, aren't we? I suspect that most of us will have a book on our shelf that's a tell-all book or a biography of some sort. I know my wife and I have probably spent more time watching DVDs on how The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings were made than we have actually spent watching the movies themselves. We're fascinated with what goes on behind the scenes. And I think that part of this fascination comes from the fact that as we look at life, we suspect that there is something deeper going on. That there's something below the surface, someone or something is involved, orchestrating events. This is true in the passage we are looking at today. In fact, it's made really clear to us that God is at work behind the scenes, orchestrating events so that Peter could come to a bloke called Cornelius and his family and bring them good news, the message of Jesus Christ. Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He's had a vision. An angel from God has come and met with him and said, go and get this bloke Peter. I told him exactly where he can find him. Peter has also had a vision, a vision of this white sheet coming down from and see some animals that would have been off limits for Jews to, to eat. Peter is told to eat. And after this encounter, Peter concludes that God has shown him he should not call any person common or unclean. That word common refers to not of much value. It's, it might, might be like the pawns on a chessboard. Don't refer to it. Don't consider anyone of little value there. The word unclean refers to that not being able to be brought into the, provis- the presence of the divine. Don't consider anyone not worthy of coming to meet with God. Some of us might be able to identify Maybe some of us have been reticent to share the Word of God. Maybe we've judged people in some way as common or unclean, that they've been of little value to God, or that they're not worthy to come into the presence of the Lord Almighty. The Word of the Lord for us today puts an end to that. Friends, the world needs to hear the message of salvation in Jesus. Jesus' love crosses all barriers, whether it be geographical, social, cultural, or religious. No one is beyond the love of Jesus. Maybe you're like me. Or maybe you're Maybe you're not sure if you are worthy of 
receiving the message of Jesus. Maybe you don't place a lot of value on your life. Well, friends, God's message to you today is that it's simply not true. For some of us, for some of you, maybe the experience that Cornelius and Peter have been going through this orchestrating of events behind the scenes has piqued your interest. Maybe you're watching a sermon online and you're not really sure why. Maybe you've been getting the sense in life that there is something deeper going on below the surface. Maybe the events in the world have piqued your interest and you want to know what the Bible and the Christian the message that Peter had for Cornelius and his family, the message that God has for us today is that everyone who trusts in Jesus is welcomed by God. This is the message we're going to be unpacking a little bit. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when Peter opens his mouth in verse 34 and 35, he also opens a can of says, so Peter opens his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So here Peter is tapping into the fundamental need of every human being ever. There's the need to be right with God. Now you may not see that as your greatest need in your life. There might be other circumstances that make you think that something else is your greatest need. But it should be obvious, obvious to us that there is something wrong with this world. The bad things happen. Stuff breaks. It's a bigger need than your financial situation. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1 and 2 that God didn't make the world that way. He made it good, beautiful. The world was turned like this because of sin. Sin that was brought into this world through Sin is like a virus that has caused our disconnection from God, that has caused death. And Peter reminds us here that reconnection with God is the fundamental need of all people. And that is because God is the source of all love. It's like a branch that's been cut off or disconnected from a bush. See, unless it can be grafted back into that bush, it will die. But after it has been grafted back in, it once again becomes one with that bush. It becomes one with the source of life. The word that Peter uses here is accept. 
acceptable. Which, as we can see from Luke's use of that same word in his gospel of Jesus, can mean the Lord's favour, or it can mean being welcomed. We're looking again at Peter's worms statement. What is the right thing that people must do to be acceptable? Now, we might be tempted to look at Cornelius and his life, what he has done that might make him acceptable. See, in verse 2 of Acts 10, we are told that Cornelius is a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to people and prayed continually to God. See, but if you think that doing good deeds will make a person acceptable to God. If that was the case, then Peter would have just fronted up to Cornelius, given him a pat on the back and said, keep doing what you've been doing. But that is not the case. And Peter is careful not to prescribe another task for Cornelius to get involved in. Instead, Peter explains what Jesus has done. See, before anyone can consider what they must do to be acceptable to God, they must first know what God has done through Jesus. Before you take matters into your own hands, you need to know what Jesus has taken into his. Peter says that peace with God is found through Jesus Christ. And then he elaborates on how this is possible. And only after Peter does that can Cornelius know what the right thing is that he must do to be accepted by God. So how is peace with God made possible through Jesus? Well, firstly, Jesus is the divine deliverer. In verse 38, Peter says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus commanded demons to come out of people, and they did. He was in control of nature and the natural world. He told storms to be silent, and they were. He fed hungry people in their thousands. He healed people from all manner of sickness and disability. He brought dead people back to life. And friends, that's only in Luke chapters 8 and 9. There is no tricks to Jesus. It's just the miraculous power of God in abundance. And Peter vouches for that because he was there when these things happened. He says that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are legitimate. They really happen. He says to Cornelius, We are witnesses of all that Jesus did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all people, 
but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. See, in these verses, Peter is saying, we were there with Jesus. We saw with our own eyes the life that Jesus lived. We were there when he was put to death by crucifixion. And we shared meals with Jesus after God had raised him back from the dead. Peter stakes his life on the truth of these facts. He's already declared it to the Jewish leaders who are the ones that orchestrated Jesus' death. And now he is standing before a Roman centurion and declaring that Jesus is Lord. Peter staked his life on these claims. And because they are true, he is also certain that Jesus will return again as judge of the earth. says that Jesus commanded them to preach to people and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. See, friends, Jesus carries the titles of Son of God and Son of Man. He is God in the flesh. He is the perfect one to act as judge, dispensing the retribution of God and the mercy of God to people. Jesus himself says in John chapter 5, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. John's Gospel begins this way. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In Hebrews chapter We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. In Jesus, God knows you. He knows what it is. source, the eternal source of life. 
that in Jesus, God has come down and done something about that. Jesus will once again, as God in the flesh, come and judge. That day is coming for us. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready for Jesus to come as judge? Well, the good news, friends, is Jesus is not just coming in judgment. He's not just the one who will bring judgment on the world. He is also the one who brings about forgiveness. of sins through his name. See, throughout history, the works and the words of God have been pointing to the fact that forgiveness of sin is only possible through Jesus. Forgiveness of sin is necessary. It is not possible to do enough good to pay for the sins the way through the Old Testament, God shows us that we need a substitute sacrifice for our sin to be forgiven. Peter says in Acts 4 that salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no other way but Jesus Christ. And on the cross, Jesus took our sin upon himself. He became that sacrifice for us. And by taking his sin upon himself, he also take, took the punishment that was coming our way upon himself. He took our death so that we may share in his So what is the right thing that people must do to be acceptable to God? Well, the answer is repent. Repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus. Jesus himself says in Luke 13 that repentance is the only way to escape punishment for sin. we are made acceptable to God. We are welcomed and favoured by Him. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ alone. We need to trust in Him. Jesus is God in the flesh. Come to set us free. He died on the cross 
raised him from the dead. And we too are that body. Friends, everyone can trust in Jesus. Let's well before God. It's the message for us today. seen afresh how God's welcome is open to everyone and anyone who will accept him. And I'd encourage you to confess that to God during your final song. Ask him to show you who you should be sharing the message of Jesus with. Or if like Cornelius and his family, you would like to respond by putting your trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, the promise of eternal life with God. That I would encourage you this morning to pray the Lord's Prayer. You can pray just in your own words, or you can use the words of the prayer that I'm going to pray. Prayer is simple. You can just pray it quietly to God in your hearts. If you would like to pray this prayer of commitment, you might simply say, Dear God, I know that I do not deserve your favor. I do not deserve to be accepted by you on the basis of what I I acknowledge that there is nothing I can do to pay for my sin or to reconnect me with you. For I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin. And I ask that you forgive me on the basis of Jesus' death in my place. I thank you for your gift of eternal life through Jesus. And I ask that you would come into me and change me so that I might be able to Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.